Good morning. <laughs> and, Ready today. And welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kimberly Lannon, and I'm here with my lovely producer, <laughs> Lou Blasey, on May, what's today? May 13th? 12th? 13th. 13th? 13th? Yep. Who knows? <laughs> it's one of those. I know it's Wednesday. Doesn't matter. I'm here. Yeah. It's Wednesday. Yep. Um, so happy post Mother's Day. Not that you're a mom, but no, I just thought I, I would. I know say one or two. Happy post Mother's Day to everyone. I hope everyone had a nice weekend. And uh, I thought today we would talk a little bit about moms because that issue has come up a lot in the past week about how much moms are doing. Yep. And how their roles are still the same, but have added and increased and changed. And, you know, dads too, but in a little bit different way. And it's just because it's come up in my practice a lot in the past week or so, more yeah. and more that moms, you know, what are we, seven, eight weeks into this? And moms are, you know, talking about they're not doing all the things that they always do. They're doing 14 more things yep. and the things that they've been doing and, 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 and they're yeah. exhausted in what to do based on uh, that predicament. And then also kind of um, maybe shifting another topic today, maybe talking a little bit about keeping good perspective, healthy perspective in life because people are stressed out. And I see lots of, uh, you know, people snapping and trying to keep my own perspective as yeah. I came in this morning. And <laughs> yeah, keeping you didn't my give own me, perspective, Lou, because I came in this morning in a, in, a, in a mood, yeah. right? So, uh, so, but I just thought we would start today talking about, you know, the different shifting roles of moms and how it's changed, you know, given the new normal, which isn't even new normal yet. It's just kind of the process of new normal. Oh, God, I and, hate that phrase. I know. Well, okay, give me a different one. It's the new way of being none of this is normal I, well yes we may return to a normal this is not this normal. is not normal right yeah. so well so in practice i don't use the word normal typically i use it's typical it's common so this is the new common yeah <laughs> so we could use common it's the common place right now and it's going to change that's because... the human equivalent of the sit command yeah new normal yeah when they tell you it's new normal it's like you just got to accept this right yeah it's like no and, and it's and it's really not because you know in my belief system my perspective is we're just shifting we're going to be shifting adjusting shifting adjusting shifting adjusting so that's how i keep it in practice too so that keep people's perspective doesn't get into that some you know i submit or i agree to comply or yep. i feel like i have nowhere else to go with this i think we're just going to keep adjusting as we go so keeping your perspective yeah um so for moms um i thought specifically around the fact that a couple moms have talked to me about um you know they're still working but they're working from home obviously some moms are going out and still working in their in their places that still have them but they're right. also still having homeschool because they're the predominant one in the house even though they are married and or with someone and and their husband is there um but they they've picked up the role of homeschooler right. cook entertainment committee social committee zoom committee uh hygiene committee I know. <laughs> house cleaner and all these things and and the frustration i'm seeing in my practice with a lot of the moms that are talking to me is that um not to give guys a bad rap but the guys are still doing the same thing and not doing the homeschooling yep. and not doing the other entertainment factors and and they're still doing their work but then you know the moms are still doing that so i've been encouraging um moms to get their dads involved, you know, the husbands and spouses and um, boyfriends or whatever that they have in their house that are that are combined to try to get some structure and doing some partnership things so that they, the pressure's off because moms are getting a little bit more, you know, 
stressed and frustrated and and oh actually i want to bring this up there's this really great thing i actually okay, I as actually... long as we're being sexist can i push back on that a little bit here <laughs> yes let's be sexist yes i remember i was trying to be sexist it was a good example with my ex-wife where yeah. she was sitting there and she was doing the bills yeah managing the money doing the bills on a month-to-month basis and got kind of sick of it and wanted me to do it and i said fine no problem so i did it but by the same token it was like every third day i'm getting asked about it and getting told how to do it it's like, okay, am I doing it or am I not doing it? Here? So you don't know this factor about women? Yeah, I know women, this fact. Women, this is what I'm trying have to point to have out. Control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we want you to do, but yet we want to make sure you do it the way we want you to do it. Come right, on exactly. now. Yeah. Yeah. So that if you want to hand stuff off to the husband, which or you know, the male side of the relationship, right. that's fine. That's justifiable. They should pick up some of the slack. But you gotta you can't you can't end up doing it while they're doing right. it. Right. So to your point, so yeah. I do address that. And, you know, all joking aside about being sexist. Yeah. But so I address that with people because with the with the females that are bringing this up with me that you have to, because that is probably the number one complaint that the male counterpart will have is that, you know, the t- I'll use the towel example. I fold the towels, but I don't do it right. They yeah. have to be in thirds. They have to be in half and half. And, you know, so it's the same thing. Oh, folding so, laundry. That's a great example. <laughs> right? That's Every guy has gone through that. Right? Yeah, oh, I'll fold I the laundry. That. I, yeah. You know, my husband will fold the laundry, and I just go, I'd rather it folded than my yeah, way. Exactly. Because I don't care. And he folds my shirts the way I don't like it, but I love him, and that's okay. He knows that. I just let it go. By the way, honey, don't fold my shirts like that. <laughs> let me give you a dirty little secret about guys, too. We know this. I know. So we continue to fold the laundry the way we want to, knowing that eventually they're going to say, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. See, I don't say screw it. I just let it happen because I'd rather it be folded. Yeah. So you have a handle on things. Yeah. Perspective, Lou. Perspective, exactly. right? Yeah. So, but but going back to your example, um, it's it's true that, you know, and not all women do that, but there are plenty of women that do say, can you help me and then watch over it and hyper vigilantly yeah, maneuver it and want it their way, and then get upset and they have to do it. And then they don't—they don't give up any of the stress that they're trying to give up. Right, they right? add it on. Yeah, right. So, in keeping that in mind, what I was telling them, because I agree with you on that, is that it's more about integrating something that they they don't have to let go of it's something new like hey could you plan um a walk a hike or a game or something else to keep the house in movement that doesn't have to occupy the mom that's doing that or the dad i mean i have a couple dads that are in the mom role that are the dad role doing that so it's more about not taking over something um, even though that has come up in my practice many times over the years, but more particularly right now, like, you know, the Zoom calls with the with the schooling, that's huge because parents aren't used to doing the homeschooling. And um, I've had a lot yeah. of parents just be like, forget it, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I can't deal with it. I don't know that math. I have no idea how to do that. Or they've reverted to just do it this way because I don't know how to do that. Right. And then mom and dad are fighting over the way that they're supposed to. So it's it's more about active planning of something that gives some relief like if you know mom wants to work out or dad wants to work out finding a way that the kids are occupied or taken care of and that they can each have those personal spaces because the oh and it's both sides it's It's moms and dads being being pulled in either direction that you know they can't get out i mean daycares are closed i have a client that um has a very very tiny tiny one and the daycares are closed till the end of july for them right now and so they even if they went back to work per se they don't have anyone they don't have family around them they don't have anyone around them so they're trying to get their stuff done but they can't take care of themselves 
with their normal workout regimens. The gyms are closed, right. so they can't trade it off. They're trying to find that new common ground of adjusting to what's going on, and they're not able to do that. So finding that structure being a little bit more creative. I keep sending people to Pinterest. Pinterest keeps popping up with millions of cool things to do for mm -hmm. families, kids, you know, adults. Um, but just taking that pressure off uh, so that, you know, the, the, the feeling is over, not so overwhelming. Women, as the sexist things go here for today, <laughs> women have a tendency to take on that more nurturing, more role, and they'll add and add and add and add and add, whereas men typically don't do it in the same fashion. So, women, and then afterwards, women will feel guilty or they don't do enough, and yeah. then they'll. So, there's a piece of of that that I'm trying to help moms say: you don't have to do that. You are not needing to always be the entertainment center. You don't have to keep them structured right. and occupied 100% of the day. You don't have to keep the house moving if you have all the laundry done. If you want, that's your thing, then do that. But that doesn't mean that everybody else has to participate and make it perfect like that or, you know, just to get the stress out. I mean, there's so many moving parts to this. It's not one, per, you know, one size fits all, but just about de-stressing the house from overwhelming Yeah. You know, adjustment, adjustment, adjustment. I mean, I have a couple. I have two clients right now that feel that their their house has to be on a perfect, and I use that purposely, perfect structure. And you know, the the three kids in the house and the and the husband, they don't fit into that perfect mold. So there's lots of friction, lots of tension. She's crying a lot now that we've gotten into this this far, and she's like, they don't want to do this at ten, and they you know lunches every day at eleven forty five, and I'm like, because maybe they're not hungry because you had them eat at yeah. 930 and yeah. maybe they don't want to do that because they want to be outside and she can't let go of that because that's what's helping her function. But going back to sort of that OCD thing we talked about, yeah. the OCD piece of being in control to keep yeah. one's anxiety down, she can't yeah. keep the act her of anxiety controlling down. It, the act yeah. of controlling it is producing the anxiety. Right, When right. the fact of the matter is you have to understand at this point it's a new normal, the phrase I hate. And you just got to kind of roll with it to, to a to a to a degree right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and it's just about adjusting to that like what is today and what's the next thing today and you know and and now we're we're getting ready to have, you know, Massachusetts is semi what would we say 10%, 20% opening on Monday sort God, of except know. you get any courses. specifics out of that from Governor Baker so uh, far? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so but but people are gearing up because they're excited whatever that means yeah. so you know and i'm telling people don't get overly excited <laughs> because yeah. yeah you're gonna you're gonna be at the 90 percent and it's only at 20 percent and you you know it's and and yeah. and that's yeah. not you a just got a dog treat yeah <laughs> what that whole press conference was a dog treat there was nothing so I in missed there. most of it. I only caught highlights yeah. of it. So I just saw the grid of what it's supposed to look like and, and whatever. But There's I just know that it created of, a lot of stir and excitement yeah. for people. People were like, oh, my God, I get to get out. There's four phases of nonspecific business is opening with no timeline timeline right. whatsoever. Right. I saw it. I did yeah. see that on the, on just the thing. nothing so. there. It's just sort of, you know, put the pitchforks and torches down. We got a plan now. Right. We have no specifics in the plan, but we get a plan. So so to the point of pitchforks and torches, it, and that's like to my point of not being so hypervigilant up here is more like kind of going more with the flow because I think it's a better perspective. We'll shift into both moms and this and yeah. perspective is it's a better, healthier perspective to not be set to the structure of here's this and here's this. And it's more about if you go with the flow, one is not going to feel like you're elongated forever and, and dying and this is the worst thing ever it's more like okay you know it's going to be a little bit at a time which i think i said maybe six or seven weeks ago, I'm gonna, i said it's going to be a slow roll out yeah. and i think that if people keep with that perspective 
and I don't remember if I talked to you about this or if I was telling a patient last week, I, I, I likened it to running a marathon. You know, marathon, you don't go out and just go, I'm running 26.2 miles. It's actually, you're, you're running little chunks right. at a time. And so this is the same thing. You're just breaking off little pieces at a time as you get forward. And you're always moving forward as long as you don't think you're stopped or moving backwards. Well, see, this is the problem right now. You just touched upon the problem. We're two months into this right yes. now, and we're not moving forward. There has been no perspective. There has been no good news. Well, I wouldn't say that. There has been no good news. Well, every day it's been something a little bit. It, it's been a disappointment, or it's been something. You know, the deadlines are stretched out. It's worse here. It's you know, they're not giving us anything <laughs> to hang our hats on, which is why the governor gave the press conference that he gave. It was just. It was just see, a glimmer of... See, I look yeah. at that little box of the press conference and that is a, is a little box over here. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's information. Yeah. But then I look at the general public and think, okay, what would I tell a client about how to take that information and not be stuck in, it's disappointing, there's nothing to look forward to and all that. And it's not Pollyanna, it's not sugarcoat, it's about given this box of information what are you going to do to move yourself forward? How do you make yourself move and shift in that? Because you have to. Because if not, you're going to be stuck in the box yeah. and feeling like that. And that's that's not going to get you anywhere. And that's not going to, I mean, people might get stuck in the box, which they will, of disappointment yeah. and, and feeling hopeless and this is endless. But, you know, I keep encouraging people that are out of work or that can't get their unemployment or whatever. you got to start generating something in your mind to move forward instead of sitting yeah. in your poop because if you don't you're going to be stuck and it's going to feel really bad and it's going to feel like there's nothing to look forward yep. to and and getting people we're through disappointment we're in the frustration now yes and and Which i think a, some a people are thing. still disappointed because yep. i know people that haven't gotten their unemployment yep. and i know that people are still struggling to get that and i know that their businesses you know have shifted tremendously um and i know and i know that's a huge struggle so it's sort of the disappointment and the frustration and still finding something, okay, what do you have to move forward to? And, you know, a lot of times I'm like, I'll tell a client, you're not sick. Your family's not sick. That's a huge thing, you know, yeah. and, and therefore that's a good thing. And even if that's something small to hang on to for someone, at least it's something. Because people lose perspective of there could be things that are really <laughs> worse, yeah. really, you know. And, and, you know, I had a client yesterday talking to me about, like, he's fully employed. He, you know, he works no problem, whatever, from home. And then he said he gets, you know, down, disappointed. He can't do this. He can't go that. And he can't go out and all yeah. these things. And I said, but you have a job and you have to think about, look, what about your friends that work in the, you know, the restaurant industry or the retail industry? And then he was like, oh, yeah. So it's, it's just a shift of, like, okay, you know this is your experience, but then when you look at someone else's experience, it could be like that. So it's like a comparison point. you got to do some yeah. social comparison because what happened, What gets people to change? Dissonance. If you have that cognitive dissonance all the time of the conflict in your head and finding the perspective that shifts you to move in a better direction, you know, as long as you're not lying to yourself, then it moves you. So that I would shift on that, like, you know, perspective of, you know, the conference yesterday, which I did not see, so I can't really speak to other than I saw the grid. This was a couple of days ago, but yeah. Or whenever it was. What's t Wednesday? It's funny. You Monday. just you just hit on the biggest question of my life. Oh, ooh, the biggest question. Yeah. Of okay. The biggest question of my life. Because as you're talking about that, what I'm thinking about at the time is all my life, the biggest question of my life is what to let happen and what to make happen. Okay trying to decide which is which. Is this something I need to make happen or is this something I need to let happen? Right. Good question. And I'm kind of, and 
in the end, you shouldn't make anything happen. Right. Right. But it, but this is where I am with this whole crisis right now. Me personally, it's like, okay, enough. You know, I've gone along with this. It's been two months. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of evidence for the position we should start to open up again and normalize and nobody's listening. This is where the frustration comes in. Right. So at a certain point, and by the way, we're in an election year. So you're, hope, you know, I don't know about hopefully, but you're probably in the mode of trying to, you're affecting change here. Right. Right. You're part of the process. And people, I think, want to be, I, I think we're seeing it more and more. People want to be more proactive mm-hmm. and, and trying to pressure, you know, a more reasonable solution here. So when you talk, though, right, and I think a lot, I think you're speaking to a, like what a lot of people think, like in terms of letting versus making more globally, right? In or, other words, right? instead of it you're being... telling me to sit there, and the governor says, "Well, we're going to open up at some point, but I'm not giving you specifics right. at all." And I'm supposed to sit there and go, "Well, I have a job and I'm healthy, so okay, let him do what he wants to right. do." Now I'm past that. Right. So, so in in that framework. Because I, I totally get your point there, yeah. is it? Because there isn't a specific like, oh, gee, you, you know, these people can go back to work on the twentieth of May, right? So it's right. it's about being able to look at letting something happen because you don't have control. It's like the you know the serenity prayer, mm-hmm. you know, as cheesy yeah. as it might sound, it's true. And and then making something happen is what you have to do something proactive towards. Okay, I know what's you know. Do you get people geared up online? Do you start doing a social media blast about your business? Do you do like making something happen in that way because right. it's making you have to do that versus letting it happen, which implies that you must become complacent to it, right. which I encourage all clients in all continuum, whether they're out of work completely and struggling on, you know, kind of on the floor versus, you know, people that aren't struggling that they have to make it for what it is right now. Yeah. As hard as that is. And I'll generate as many ideas as I can for that because it is hard. And I, and to that point, I think a lot of people feel that way. Because it is feels it, like submission to me. Right, it Which does. is difficult for me. And, and <laughs> when you don't look at the... Um, when you don't look at it like submission, as opposed to you do have control of some things around that. Um, and what do you have control? So when I talk about what I just said, that's, you know, kind of generalized. But each person, if they were saying that to me, which I do have lots of clients talk to me about, I take their scenario. I take their particular family situation, what their money structure is, what their job is, what they were doing, what they can do, what they haven't done or whatever, and try to figure out, okay, in the next couple of weeks, what can you do to shift that and make this better? And usually we've been able to generate something that has been able to help, but it's individual. Like yeah. I couldn't be able to look at you. And if you said, Hey, what could we do as a whole? Mm, it's very specific to each person. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's some great ideas out there that people are doing. You know, if they've been bartenders, they've, there's some really unique ideas that people are doing on social media and, and selling things and doing things. And then there's people that are um, doing food items and generating little catering businesses on the side out of their homes. And so there's little things that people can do, but it's right. very dependent. And so that the people don't feel frustrated i i think that's kind of anything even if this wasn't going on one of the biggest things i see what comes in my office is people only come in with one perspective and then they feel stuck and they can't change this is like the ultimate yeah get yourself in your head stuck and can't change and then now what so it's me me working overtime on generating multiple perspectives for someone of like okay what about this and what about that and have you thought about this and what could you do here and I have not yet, knock on wood, even though I have any, have not yet come up with someone that I haven't found a little bit of movement for just given their their current circumstance. But it takes a little work because yeah. it's, it's in people, we've talked about this many times, people are so much more readily available to go, ah, 
this is so hard. I, I give up, you know, it's happening to me. What can I do to yeah. make it better? I can't, I, I don't know what to do. It's that, it's that stuck mentality and I get it, but it's then I'm saying, yeah, but there's, yeah, and not, but yeah, and there's at least another perspective to take or maybe two and can you generate them and most people have a hard time generating that perspective which is why they stay stuck i also see this as um, the relationship formula in that you're sitting here at home and you're frustrated and you're you're submissive and maybe you've given up and you can't affect any change that way you can't do anything that way but if you take care of your personal position your personal attitude and become strong in that manner Often that radiates out, right? And people people start to see it, and they you know, and group think, group think, and social media. People laugh at people who are active on social media, but the fact is, it changes things. It does. Uh, Governor Baker, a great example. All of a sudden, the last two states, the forty eighth and forty ninth states, allowed golf back. And Governor Baker was not going to do it, hadn't talked about it, not going to happen. And the next day, he let it happen. Right. Because this pressure. Right. Right. And right. You, you've got to continue to apply the pressure, but you can't do it from a position of being taught, lost personally. Right. You have to do it from a position of strength. Right. It, well, and, and holding and being able to hold a perspective that has an idea that has meaning and that can move something forward. And I mean, because, you, you know, talking about like the negative things that keep you passive or yep. complacent or submissive is that, you know, and you and I see it all the time on social media because you and I see a lot of the same stuff is that people get into the negative drop. <laughs> yep. I call it the negative drop of. You know, if you just read any of that, it's going to get you stuck because it's so right. devastating and terrible and awful. And, you know, nothing's projecting out to, to generate that. And so um, and I'll show it from the other side. I don't see it from my side as, as much. I don't see it as clearly. But from the other side, you see it in the Karens of the world. Yeah. The people who complain about uh, this person wasn't wearing a mask on a rail yes. trail. You know, 20 feet from me and things like that. And that comes from a lack of strength in their personal position. Right. They're just so down and so afraid that they're lashing out at other people. So, And you can see that. You can feel that. You can taste that. And and so to to that point, because of what's happened with the like we'll use the mask thing as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of of back and forth in the past two days on I'm not wearing a mask. I am going to wear a mask. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Yeah. <laughs> right. And and so my thing is, because I said last week I have a medical condition. I have asthma, so I get very congested. And you probably tell today I'm like already yep. allergy itchy. So I put the mask on, and as soon as I do, it congests me, and I'm like I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Um, I'm very good about being able to tell people when they look at me funny, which they have, cause yep. I'm, you know, I'll drop it down or I'll be like, rub it. And I'm like, I have allergies. I have asthma. I'm not trying to offend you, yep. but I stand in that space, but people are fear driven. So people have that fear of, oh my God, that person's exposed. Oh my God. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I encourage people to just be, you know, if you're really uncomfortable, make sure that you're able to say it in a peaceful, kind way. I mean, because people are so quick, to, so short-fused right now because everyone's locked up and everyone's doing their thing and whatever. But people are really quick to jump on somebody or shoot somebody or punch somebody or make some snarky comment behind the mask. Like, yeah. oh, you're not going to wear your mask. Instead of it just being like, hey, you got a perspective. Back to the beginning, right? The perspective is, is this person is wearing their mask because they're afraid. Yeah. And or they're respecting people and or yeah. they're afraid and respecting people Which is and why themselves I, I and they're wear protecting... a mask to respect people right yeah. so whatever their reason is i'm going to respect whether they're doing it or not if you're not wearing a mask and you come near me i'm going to back up from you just because medically i know that 
going to do yeah. that for myself, you know, just because. But I would do that probably anyway, even if this wasn't going on, just because that's who I am as a person because I don't want to get sick, yeah. you know. So it's more about really saying in your head, like, you know, respect people who are doing what they're doing. And if someone's not, it's, you know, do you really want to engage someone in a fight over why aren't you doing that? You know, sort of, you know, if, if it becomes something, certainly you can address it, but be mindful of there's maybe more likely a circumstance of why a person's doing it or not doing it. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, there's the those outliers out there that are just doing it for whatever reason that are, you know, to, to stir the pot. But by and large, you're going to find a lot of people. I know multiple people in my life that struggle. They have asthma. They have allergies. They have um, some other respiratory issues in general, life-wise. Yeah. They have COPD. Putting a mask on a COB, COPD person, right, yeah, chronic it. obstructive yeah. pulmonary disease person, is very difficult. And, and oftentimes I have clients that they're the, they live single. They have to go out. They, this is the only way. And they have to have oxygen or and to put a mask on it constricts them. And people need to understand that, you know, there is medical reasons that the, the Massachusetts is allowing people to not have to wear a mask. And so be mindful of that. So that there's no fighting. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm watching this escalation and the, the, you know, the moral majority of the person st standing on the, on the deck yelling with the bullhorn, get yeah. off the beach with the masks yeah. because people are in everybody's lane and no one's taking the circumstance of this person might not believe in wearing masks. This person might not want to wear a mask. This person might be wearing a mask because they feel afraid. It just yeah. take it from your own space and do for you. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. It was, I had an interesting exchange yesterday when I pulled into my house on the island and it's a very cramped space and the road that I'm on is basically a path in the sand. It's not yeah. even paved. I'm coming to your house. Yeah, you can come on out. All right. <laughs> and this woman is walking a dog and she was coming by and I was getting out of the car and I didn't have a mask because I wasn't going anywhere. And I'm just getting out of the car to go to my house, and she stopped. And I looked at her, and I said, you know, she goes, I'm just giving you some space. And I goes, thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm not all that worried about it. And she goes, I'm not that either. I goes, okay, great. Have a great day. And we just walked by each yeah. other, and that was done. You know, and it's like both of us were giving in to, you know, the more, quote, unquote, moral majority, the Karens out there. Right. And, but. You know. But you're also being respectful. Yeah. So you're giving in, but you're not. Like you're still, st you know what I mean? You gave, yeah. you don't necessarily wear it or you didn't want to wear it. And you're also at your house. Like, you know, yeah. I, I didn't have it at that point. Right. I was just getting out of the car and go, walking right. in my house. Exactly. Yeah. So you wouldn't think even to have that. But it, but it's. So it's, I was respectful for her because I was trying to give her the situation to be able to pass right. because I didn't have the mask. And right. you don't know where people are on this issue. And she right. just looked at me and she laughed and she goes, I'm just giving you space. This, yeah. Thank you, but if you don't care, I don't care, and she goes, "I don't really care." <laughs> so, so that's so yeah. that's more of my experience. What it's been like if yeah. I've been somewhere recently in the past, since I, the mask has come to be the thing, that's more and more people are just like they'll be like, "No, no problem, don't worry about yeah. it." And I feel that way as well, unless I see someone like you know draining from their face or <laughs> yeah, coughing and sneezing, which I haven't seen. Well, let, let's let's be real. We all make a medical evaluation on people. Oh, cool. These yeah, days, now when we're, we're all profiling them. medically. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, I'm constantly do that. If I see someone sneeze into their hand through their mask, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah, and, uh, you know, right to the hand through the mask because you know it's cloth and it's, mm, yeah. you know. I mean, and that would be anyway. But that's the thing is there's the perspective is I would be backing up from someone doing that even in a non-pandemic yeah. time because anyone who sneezes in their hand, I, I'm like, yeah, and, I, and then I watch where they're going to put their hands now. Yeah. 
But there are certain people you're willing to pass in the grocery aisle and certain people you're not. Yes. Right? And yes. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of – but don't you think – I mean, when you think about the psychology of human beings, I find that people do that anyway. Of course. I mean, that's just – I mean, the mask is just more of an identifier of, like, just the heightened awareness of just don't get someone sick, don't get yourself sick, don't pass it along, whereas anybody – in normal daily life, normal daily life, typical well, life, you, does that anyway. You use the word profiling, and I always laugh when I hear the word profiling because they use it in police work a lot, and police yeah. work is profiling. Yeah. It's what it is. It's exactly what it is. Humanity is profiling. Yeah. As a species, we need to evaluate our situation. Yeah, we we're always it. forming an yeah. opinion on the situation, the person, the environment all the time. And right. people say, no, I don't do that. Everybody does Everybody that. Does it's, it. it's human nature. It's psychological it's phenomenon primal. that is yeah. that is across the board. We're always evaluating. First of all, we're always evaluating just on the base level of our hardwiring for fight and flight. Right. We always are evaluating of survive or not survive, kill or not kill, right. run or not run. So right. that is just part of that. So if people say, I don't do that, that's not true. Everybody is constantly generating those moments. You're evaluating the situation. You walk into a building, um, immediately you know, what's the temperature who's in the room why are they there who's this yep. this is someone new i mean it's all the same thing across the board so when you're walking in now to a grocery store or into home depot which i drove by the other day and had five million people in it I know. <laughs> and i evaluated that from a distance and said I'm not going in there <laughs> that's too many people um i've been to home depot and lowe's in the, in the last couple of weeks and it's, it's Pretty much business as usual. Yeah, that's what I mean. It looks like yeah. from the outside. I haven't had a, had a chance, had a reason to have to go in there. But if I, I mean, did, most everyone's got a mask, but yeah. it's pretty much business as usual. But but that's the thing is, I'm sure if I went and I stood and did you know a social psychology experiment in front of that and asked each person, you know, you know, what is your first thing you're thinking of today when you see people in masks or whatever, they're evaluating the situation of who is, who isn't, who's sick, who's not, how far away, how far close, you know, did they touch that? I mean, because people do that and it's human yeah. nature and, and hard wiring now we're just the mask gives us a as a better um gauge and it gives us something to go at in general yeah sort of so mothers and we started the discussion with mothers and, and now uh, we're on home depot and masks i know i know <laughs> but it's all, it's all part of the same equation right it is and mothers are taking on so much more yes so is it about delegating is it about or is it about just kind of Everyone has to protect their personal space. You need right. you need that personal space, and it's harder to come by with everybody locked down the way it was, uh, the way it is. Well, I I think I think that that particular thing that you brought up is everybody needs personal space. Yes, and when it comes to moms, I think the mom role, um, you know, it's socially normed for for both the male and female role in families, and it's changed over time because it's trending much more equality in terms of sharing and all that. But by nature, go back to nature versus nurture, women are more of the nurturer. The trend is that men have become more nurturing over the past two or three decades just because the sensitivity and the social comparison point yeah. and the social socialization is more accepting of that. But by and large, still, women tend to fall into taking on that role more and adding more on and then letting go of it is very difficult because once you're in that, just like any role, once yeah. you're in a role, you're in a role. Yep. And then... 
if something else comes along that looks like it fits in the role, it gets taken on, no matter if you're male or female. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, not to be sexist, but the, the focus is on when you're at home and women are still, you know, the social social compare point is that women typically, even if they're working outside the home, are still in the home doing. Yep. And they're taking on more and more. So delegating it um, or I, I, I'm not usually using the word delegate more as like sharing. I have been encouraging people in partnership yep. just to be partners, find a way to be more partner, asking, I need you to help me with this, or I need this from you tomorrow, um, and being able to let your hands go from it and, and so that you don't have the folding of the laundry yeah. and the, and the you know, I got it and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the bills. And well, did you do the bills? It's just more yep. like letting that happen. Um, I've found the role for fathers over the last couple generations has shifted a little bit when yep. you and I were growing up, the father was the enforcer. Yes. Right. The yeah, father, the father was the backup for the mother. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and you know, always stood behind the mother. Now it's almost the other way around, yeah. where fathers are generally almost grandpa almost grandparents. Yeah, they the almost have well, the, the grandparent. Parent. They're the fun. They're friend. the fun parent. Yeah. They play. They come home, and they're the ones that do all the fun stuff. Yeah, and they side yeah. with the kid when the kid's having problems with the mother. Right. It's like, well, you know how she is. Yeah. It's exactly. Like, no, that's not what my father would do. Yes. My, and yeah. It's not what I did. Right. It's like, well, she's your mom. Listen to her. Right. You know. Yes, and and so I see that all the time in my practice. I have that conversation at least four or five times a week with somebody about that exact issue about, yeah. you know, a, a mom saying he never supports me or right. a dad saying, you know, she's too strict. <laughs> so when you're all in the house together and the kids are overrunning the mother, which can happen because they just get worn down. It's just so much contact, so much work, so much things going on. Every once in a while, the father has to say, hey, you know, right, sit down. Right. Or go do this or, you know, give your mother a break or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Right. And and you find that you don't necessarily have that really in place because it's the not The father like, doesn't want to be the bad guy. Right. But yeah, sometimes because, you have to. Well, it goes back to maybe last week or the week before talking about <coughs> the parent that wants to be the child's friend. Yeah. Versus a parent. Yeah. And no. and and one of my mainstays on, on parenting psychology wise is you are a parent through the early teens, then you become a mentor yep. up until the 20s, then you become a consultant. After you're through your 20s or mid-20s, then you're supposed to become more of a friend to your child because you become more equalized in terms of chronological age and experience to some degree, but you're still in that. Yeah. But, you know, what I see more and more, especially in the past, I'd say the past 12 to 13 years, and just because I saw a shift happen, um, is that... Parents want to be that friend because they want the admiration. They want to be liked. They're so busy that it's easier to give in, and they, therefore, well, they think uh, it's the path of least resistance, right. but it's not the path of least exactly. resistance. Exactly, it, it breeds resistance, actually. Right, yeah. right. I was just I was looking at the screen. I had a question about what about sole custody parents. And amazing that I could actually read that from this far, by the way, because I'm usually blind as a bat. Oh, very good. Um, so so Greta was asking about what about sole custody parents. Yeah. Um, so and in the case of I know Greta really really well. I've known her from childhood. I was actually Greta's babysitter. Oh. Back well. in the day, 
many, many years ago. Um, but sole custody parents, I mean, so this is this is like, you know, and both moms and dads, so it's not even a gender thing. Sole custody parents have all those roles. So you take everything I said at the beginning of the show about, you know, all the different roles that a mom has, all the different roles that a dad would have or vice versa. And then you add in, oh, and you're stuck at home and you have to provide more entertainment and you have to do homeschooling and you can't see anybody. And if you do, it has to be this far apart. And, you know, and right. people are breaking those rules is, is can, and, and I said, can you find people that are actually close to you that you would, sh you know, that you've been sharing a space with, you know, you know, so that you don't feel so restrictive. So many people have taken it so literally that they literally can't see anybody right. else. And I've said, well, if you've shared space with people and you have a friend that you've always had over and they've been sharing space or they've taken care of your kids or you've done things together, you know, and you live close together, there's nothing wrong with getting together for, you know, like the six feet yep. apart fire pit thing or making sure the kids can see each other or do something. I mean, I have a couple parents that have their kids do stuff out on the lawn together, like they set up a painting thing or whatever, yeah. or or they meet out on the beach, you know, particular um, Greta lives in Florida, you know, meet out on the beach and, and, and do walks, but they're open now in Florida so they can do yeah. that. But when it's inside and doing well, My girlfriend's things, daughter, 15, the last few weeks, she's been going to see friends. Yeah. From a different area. It's, it's time. It's well, so you do so, it with consideration. You do it with a little I'm not, care. You... Right. So I'm not going to encourage people to break the, the the law or the whatever no, you want, the law, whatever no. the regulation is. Yeah. But I am going to encourage people to be mindful of the fact that, like, I I made a a, um, a clinical call this week. I have a 16 year old in my practice that was clinically getting more and more depressed and, and getting to be more suicidal because he's so socially isolated. And the thing that keeps him from being that way, just in general in life prior to this, is social connection and being able to have that peace and it's it was a judgment call to say okay you have two friends that you have been seeing like on zoom and from a distance that have all been quarantining I think it would be okay if you guys did you know mom and dad supervise like a fire pit for you or something at night where you had some pizza and stuff like that and and they did and it relieved like it relieved him because of that I mean we have to take some of those things into consideration because yeah. people people are hiding in the in yeah. outskirts and doing those things anyway. But I mean, calling calling out that there's clinical suicidal issues, I can't just say, oh yes, I'm sorry you feel that way. And you, you, but we had to provide some kind of connection for this kid because it wasn't going well for him and it wasn't manipulative and it wasn't something that he was trying to get because it wasn't like he was getting allowed to go off and run and run amok and have a party. It was more like he needed the emotional social connection of his peer group that wasn't through Zoom because connection, going back yep. shows and shows ago, connection and lack of connection leads to either yeah. flourishing or diminishing. And so um, what a huge important point. So again, not, end, not breaking rules and regulations, no. but having some adjustments to make people healthy no. because it has to be that way. With sole custody parents, isn't hopefully they've been doing <laughs> it to this point, but it's important at this point, don't you think, to... Um, establish get out of that friend relationship and get into a parental child relationship and try to develop within them some respect for the need for personal space for the need for right. conformity for the need of listen there's a lot going on right now. You right. got to help me with this. Right. And it's okay to put a little of that on the kids. Absolutely. And so in the case of the kid, I fact, was just telling you. it's positive to do it. Right. In the case yeah. of the kid I was just telling you about is when this whole thing started, that same child was running amok yep. doing like things that they shouldn't have been doing that were going to get, you know, either their grand, like they were bringing stuff in that they, they were seeing a lot of kids, right? Yep. Whatever. So we had that conversation of, listen, 
there's a reason why people are doing this. This is out of respect. And, and I always go back to, okay, if, if we didn't have stoplights, we'd all be crashing into each other. So there's a reason for certain yeah. things in place and therefore, and that worked. And then we got further in and now, oh, now yeah. we have this slide backwards for him. So it was like, oh, what do I do now? So it's, it's adjusting, like I said, at the top of the hour is that it's adjusting to the pieces so that it still stays safe. You still stay within some kind of compliance that's not going to break the rules and still um, respect people's beliefs and, and wants and needs and things like that. I'm going to guess in that choice. I have no business guessing here, but I'm going to guess in that choice that, that establishing in kids a sense of responsibility yes. to the unit yeah. is important, and I'm guessing that might not have been there right, up until that point. Right. Because at a certain point, you've got to look at them and say, look, we've got to pull it together. We've got to do this. I know you want to do this, but right. this is a – one of the sayings that I always loved about parenting was children will rise or fall to the expectations you put on them. Exactly. So if you expect out of them a responsibility, if you expect That's out of them – a kind of sacrifice to the greater good, and again, age appropriate, of course. Right. But at a certain point, if the kids are running amok and you're you're a sole parent in self quarantine, hopefully you've established a point where you can look at the kids and say, "Listen, you know, it, it's really intense right now. You guys got to, you know, not fend for yourself. But you guys got to entertain yourself a little bit. Right. I need some time. I need to get this done. You guys have to take care of this. Now. Right. And and so when you so two points on that, and hopefully I'll remember both, is that the per, the first point is the permissive, more indulgent parent that's wanting to be more friends that has been yeah. more lenient. You're going to come up against, and I've yep. seen it many times, you know, across my clinical practice and in like different friendship, you know, kid parent relationships, is the more permissive, indulgent. I love you all the time. Everything's wonderful no matter what happens. Yeah. That's the harder one to pull back to the boundary of, you know, we need to respect this. We need to respect each other. I need space. I need, I'm working right now. You can't be screaming in the background with your friends on FaceTime while I'm trying to work, you know, for example, versus parents that are more authoritative, which is that's the, you know, when you look at parenting styles, that's the number one parenting style for it's like high task, which high expectation and high praise. So yep. it's met with, yeah. you, you, so you're, you're giving good feedback and you have a high expectation. If it's not met, you're still giving praise, but you're correcting for what's not there so that it stays equal. Um, you, those are the type of kids that you're not going to have the running amok, having to rein the back in, running right. amok, rein the back in, you know, you're, you're, they're already going to comply in a healthy way, not to be submissive, yeah. which would be like authoritarian, which is like, do as I say, not as I do. I'm going to go do, but you have to do this, right? I, I know this sounds pretentious, but the second biggest failure I see, the first biggest failure I see in parenting is not attaching a consequence to action. Yes. That's number one. Right. Number or, two. Or not attaching it or attaching it and then being inconsistent following through, which is what I see. <sighs> it's it's not attaching yeah. it and then just attaching it, but. You have to follow through And all the follow the through is like. Psh. Yep. And the second biggest one to me is establishing a world outside of the child. In other yeah. words, too many children don't understand there are people out there beside you. They have no idea what the mother's going through. Right. They have no idea that the mother's stressed. They just know what they're entitled to. Right. And what they're entitled to right now is time, attention, you know, whatever it is. And well, it's like me. A, me, 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 yeah, me, exactly. me, me. They don't me. they don't um they're not involved in the world outside of them. Exactly. Yeah. So you get so so there's a there's actually a psychological phenomenon of, of tweeners and teeners, right? That that happens no matter where we're right. at in time. And that's the spotlight effect. So little kids aren't as much like that. But once you get into that 11, 12 and on, up to 16, 17, 
18 sometimes, is that spotlight effect is everything's about them. The empathy is really not there. Right. They don't they don't reciprocate relationally. Um, you know, everybody's talking about them. Everyone's thinking about them. Everyone's about them. Everything should be done for them. Everything. Yeah. Right. And so you have that piece already there. And then you have, you know, the permissive, indulgent parenting style that's come all the way up through. Yeah. And then expecting that a child's going to be understanding of this is impacting or whatever it is, is impacting me, mom or me, dad or us as a family. And this is how it has to be because they don't have that radar because it's all about the the self-indulgent. But I'm important and I don't like no because no doesn't exist for me. And what do you mean? It's 11 o'clock at night. The house is buttoned down. There's a little bit of peace. I got to make fraps. Right. You know. Pizza. Pizza, yeah. Yeah. And you pull out and you have a Or brownies in certain cases. Yeah. And those who are listening out there know what I'm talking about. And at the end of the brownies, the, the sink is full. Yeah. You know. Possibly the oven is left on. And, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, Come on, you're part of a bigger thing here. The idea of empathy is the correct term, but the idea that you're part of a bigger thing, that this house isn't just about serving you brownies when right. you, exactly when you want them. Exactly, yeah. or because you're bored or taking on, you know, I've seen a lot of the sort of the same scenario, but like kids taking on more of the adult role because there is a lack of, you know, people have given up because it, everyone, you know, they've gotten in the, ah. Uh, Yep. can't do it anymore. So it's, you know, everyone's running amok and everyone's doing what they want to do because they've the parents have lost the structure either because it was too much and they gave up or it was too little and they gave up. Yep. And now the kids are doing, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but so for the sole parent, expect a little bit more in these times. And, you know, it may not work in the beginning, but you just keep going at it. Again, part of the greater good, part of, listen, things are really rough right now. You need to go occupy yourself for an hour because I need to do this. Right. You know, or you could help me by taking the trash out. Right. And so I have so because I do. You know, some of my clients are on Zoom and I or WebEx or whatever right now. And so I'm when I do talk to them, you know, they I hear them instruct. Okay, I'm going in with Dr. Landon now, and I'm going to be out in 45 minutes. And then the screaming that's behind the door and they're like, hold on, I'll be right back. And yep. then you hear them, I told you not to do that. And what are you doing? You know, yeah, it's, exactly, it's like yeah. almost like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a, it's the uh, breeding ground for chaos when, you know, the parent says, I'm going to stop paying attention to you yep. and I have to do something for myself. And it's, you know, or don't bug me in the knock at the door. And then they open the door and like, I know I'm not supposed to bug you, but John just hit me and they yeah. took the... <laughs> I need pretzels. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can see the parent like. Ugh. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I mean, that's, I, I think, sort of a lot of the norm anyway. But it's just in yeah. this particular instance where we're having all this stuff and you add in all the other pieces that parents are struggling with. I just need my time or, you know, most of my clients are most are working from home all day. Right. And so they're trying to set their kids up for their, you know, nine to 11 Zoom going away. And that and that works because they're occupied. But as soon as that's over, I mean, complaint after complaint is mar- yeah. you know, parents are like, OK, then at 11 o'clock, it's like, OK, now what are we going to do? And the parents like, I'm in the middle of a meeting. And yeah. and so I. I, especially with little kids, I say to them, you've got to have other things lined up for them. You have to have, you know, a little activity board. You have to give them like a, a checklist for themselves to feel accomplished. So that at the end of the week, they get like a gold star and you take them, you know, to the ice cream store that's open because they are and you can go order. So there's some incentive for them to, um, unfortunately, <laughs> you have to reward the behavior. But because it, that's the style of like parenting that people are in right now is that, you know, please be quiet so that, you know, at the end of the week. I can give you an ice cream. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, yeah. which isn't the best. But I mean, that's one of the things that's, um, you know, working. And I try to say, don't feed your children with the with the um, reward. Try to give them other things like, well, that's really great. And, you know, well, we're back to actions, connecting actions and consequences. Consequences, right. And a lot of in ret you can do that in retrospect a lot. It's like, well, if I had had the time today to get this work done, I could have taken you for ice cream. But the way it stands right now. Right. I can't do it. Right. And, and there's some really, really good parents out there doing that. And then you have good parents who are not doing that and they're getting through and then they're having struggle. Yeah. Right. So you have the good parents out there doing it because they've been consistent from the beginning. Yeah. Then you have good parents who have good intentions out there trying to do it and then it falls and then they fall apart and they can't understand why it's falling apart. Because, again, we think it's the it's we're lured into it being the path of least resistance right. when in the long run it's not. Right. Yeah. Right. And 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 that's a very common theme is I say, if you're not willing to stick it out now, you know, it's just going to get worse later. And, and parents will often say, well, I'll deal with it later. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, because no. later it's, you know, this is, you know, we're talking about, you know, just putting your toys away now versus. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, as I told every, you know, people ask you for parenting advice and things like that. And I say, well, you deal with 16 year old problems at nine. Right. You can't deal with 16 year old problems at 16. Right. You got to deal with everything ahead. You're building a foundation right. to get to this point. And if you don't build that foundation, you've got problems when they exactly. reach 16, when they reach exactly. 17. Yeah. And, and, and then when people, you know, come in at 16 and 17 and say, where did I go wrong? And I'm like, when they were nine. Or we go back in the history and say, well, what was going on when they were coming up through? And, you know, yeah. and you know, divorces or financial issues or job changes or moves yeah. or, you know, people, you know, and, and it, you know, it often connects to something with the the inconsistent parenting that goes together that something was causing that within the personality of the parenting style anyway yeah. on top of it and then you go oh well this is why they're 15 and 16 having this issue and you know mom is saying you can't leave the house you can't go out with your friends we have to do this and they say yeah. no we're, i'm going anyway yeah. um i remember distinctly when i knew i had my daughter when I knew I had her, she's five years old, and she wanted a fudgesicle. Yeah. And I said, all right, here's the deal. We're going to have this. Lunch is at 2 o'clock. You can have one, and but that's it. Yeah. And so she had the one, and then she came back about 30 minutes later, and she walks out to the kitchen, opens the freezer, takes the fudgesicle, and walks right by me, knowing that she, she wanted to get the She wanted my permission. Yeah. That's why she walked right by me. And I looked at her, and I said, I thought we had an agreement that there was just one. And she just kept walking. And about three minutes later, she walked back and put it back in the freezer. And I said, oh, I got her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is the type of thing that there's a responsibility here and expectation. Right. You ought to be able to delay that gratification. Right. Because we talked about this. Yes. And there's a reason why. And, you know, and I wasn't going to take it from her. Right. You were having her make the decision right. so that she would show you and herself what was important on that. And the right. delayed gratification so important. And I, and I think that's one of the hardest things during this time right now is that this particular generation and the one prior is so indulged and and yeah. not to be disrespectful to anybody but there's so much about not delayed gratification and so much about impulse lack of impulse right. control and giving in that you know right now it's a it's a time of lack it's a time of constraint it's a time of yeah we're um, all delaying gratification uh, right yeah and and to to quell that that 
impulsivity in people that are like, well, what do you mean I can't do that? What do you mean I'm not? Well, I am. And, and, you, and you put that bravado behind a teenager or, or a young tweener that's got that bravado already. And then a parent that feels like they don't have any control or any structure or any respect. Now you've got a huge tension that's going to be yeah. not good on top of all the other things that are happening. And, you know, going back to the sole custody parent of someone who doesn't have the help of someone else to discipline and do all those things. And you're trying to shift all those roles. That's really difficult if you're in that situation. Yep. I mean, if you've got a good structure and a pattern, your kids are less likely to push back on that. And they're going to be more, right. you know, more likely to just comply in the healthy way and do the right thing. And you're going to be able to have your space and have those things. Yep. But it's really dependent on the circumstance and, of how you've set it up. And you touched upon it earlier. The idea of staying out of the friend relationship and staying in the parent-child relationship right. Follow through is so important yes. to this. You see this all the time in stores where the kid's having a meltdown. If you don't stop, we're leaving. And you know that's not happening. Nope. The kid knows that's not happening. Right. You've given up your power as a parent. Exactly. The way to handle that is not to threaten them with leaving if they don't get it Never together. threaten with something that you can't follow through on and you know you won't follow through on. A, but B, you just pick the kid up and leave. Right. And then in the car, you explain we left because you right. didn't have yourself together. Right, and and yeah. I have and I have parents that are willing to do that, and they do do that. And then I also have the same parent that gets worried because the, you know they get the stares and they worry about like oh people are going to call DCF on them because no. they did pick their kid up. So you have that because it's so no, you, you know, don't have to, like oh my god how could you do that? You to don't your pick child? them up like, rough. You don't. Child, child is is losing their mind yeah. in the middle of the grocery store. You don't have to pick them up rough. You don't have to drag them right. out of the store. You say okay, hon. Let's yeah. go, and you pick it up yeah. and you go. Well, when you have the you know the kids screaming, I'm thinking of instances when I've yeah. seen the screaming you child just and pick I'm them like, up. Well, you know, yeah. and people are like, oh, and I'm like, well, that kid needs to go. Yep, <laughs> the kid is kid needs a break. Needing to go, you know, yeah. or but on the flip side of that, you see people with the kid melting down in the middle of the store, and and they give them something like here, yeah. and yeah. they open up like the bag of chips, or they get them a little candy bar, you know just to keep them quiet. Yeah. But it doesn't really change anything because that only keeps them quiet for X amount of time. And you can, you know, three rows away all of a sudden, now the chips are all over the floor and now they're losing their mind again. And now yep. what? But that's the path of leaf resistance in that aisle. But four years from now, right. you, you got, you're going to have issues. problems. Yeah. Right. And, and people don't realize that. And, 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 and that's part of what I do in my job is I try to explain to people that this pattern from seven, eight, nine, ten that you have is going to play out over here. And I usually give scenarios of how it plays out. I mean, it's psychology is a lot about being able to, not in a psychic way, but in a, you know, statistical, predictable human nature way, we know that these particular things lead to that more likely. So it's very easy and very common for me to be able to say, here's what I see and here's where it's likely going to lead if these things don't happen. Um, and think about the problem in transition from a preschooler who f believes the world is all about them when they go into a classroom situation yeah. and they've got to be part of a, a, a bigger collective. And right. it's, it's never all about them in the right. classroom situation. Right. And that becomes the biggest block to the education because it's just dealing with that that scenario right they're, and, not, they're and, not even getting to any kind of quote-unquote education and then you have you know you have the rules and the compliance and kids you know you have all those pieces plus education yep. and then and then being able to come you know most kids will will follow in suit in school most kids yep. but it's then they come home and and then the parent will say they don't act like this at school. They only right. act like this at home. And I'm like, what's the difference? There's my question. What's yeah. the difference between home and school? And it immediately goes to things like, they don't respect me. 
Right. Yeah. Why don't they respect you? Because they. And I'm like, no, actually, because you yeah. haven't done yep. this, this, and this. And, it, you know, you can't blame a seven-year-old for what a, a 30-year-old or a 27-year-old or whatever yep. hasn't put in place. Because the expectation expectations are different in the classroom than they are at home. Right. And the kids are more afraid at school of consequences because there is follow-through and there is a structure and it's expected set right, right from the very beginning, whereas at home... It's like they can let their safety and their guard down because of the safety and be like, oh, I can do that here because no one's going to yell at me. No one's going to know or it doesn't really matter because they don't follow through. And I know people think this is cliche, but kids love structure. Oh, kids do. They love structure. They resist it outwardly, but they love structure. And they kind of like expectations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on the extremes. You know, lack of structure, you know, no structure is terrible. Too much structure is not good. But it's the fact that if you start a kid with good structure coming up through and just keeping it consistent as best you can, they will do better overall. We know that psychologically, sociologically, economically, educationally, just better overall when you have a consistent space of that happening. Um, You know, when kids are able to have the structure um, and know what's coming, know when to anticipate, not that they don't anticipate things, but really just more like, oh, I know if I do this, this is what's going to happen if yep. I do that. So they're never, it's never a guessing game or there's, you know, the dance of let me see how I can get around this or let me see how I can get past it so they don't know or I won't yep. get in trouble or right. get better at being sneaky or lying or whatever it is because the structure is already there and the expectation right. and follow through is there. And the parent, the parent's demeanor is also consistent. It's not flaring up and falling down and flaring up and falling down or right. non-caring in general. And my philosophy never was to make the, feel ki- the kid feel they were being punished. Right. It was always this, this is a consequence of your action. Right. In other words, you don't engage, as I used to tell someone, it's like, look, if your kid came to you and said they weren't brushing their teeth tonight, you wouldn't get emotionally invested. You'd just say, what are you nuts? Go brush your teeth. Right. Right? Right. But they come to you with something else and you start to get angry and you have a fight about it. Right. Don't have to fight about things. Right. It's just, and that's a parent-child relationship right. too. It, the attitude is basically, "What are you nuts? Just go do that." Right. Because it's a, you need to do this. Right. It's just, and, that's matter of factly. That's what it is. Right. And if they don't, then it's 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 a consequence for you know. Right. Well, okay. If you, like you didn't brush your teeth, well then you're not going to get dessert tomorrow, or right. you're not it's something that's easy to follow through that's invested from the kid that means yeah. something to them. If you're not going to brush your teeth, you can't eat this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or you know that's but. And what happens in many parents is that that fall down of they'll give that and then it, they don't check the kid. Oh, did you brush your teeth? The kid's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or. Um, in my house with the kids, it was um, before TV, before video games, homework gets done. Yeah. Just that. So, and it wasn't even that's what you do when you get home from school. We didn't tell them that. We told them basically homework comes first. Right. When that's done, you can watch TV or play video games. Right. And they just naturally get to the point of doing it first. Right, because, because they wanted the time. That w- and that's you set it stage of what was expected. Right. I know I, I have many times over the past fifteen or twenty years had to tell parents that your kid comes home and and you keep telling them that they 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 tell them it's okay you need a break. Well, once you give them a half an hour, forty five yeah. minute break, I understand that because sometimes certain kids need certain things. But now you've broken the pattern for the day. And at 4.30, they're not wanting to sit back down and do two hours of homework. They want to play. They want to be outside when it's nice. They want, you know, it's like when parents schedule their, you know, their kid to come in and see me at, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a beautiful 80-degree day. The kid's like, really? 
Yeah. Like, you know, don't put them right away as soon as, so their day keeps going. And then it, all of a sudden when they want to be able to do something, everything else is done. Right. You know, like encourage kids, do all your homework on Friday so that Saturday and Sunday, you're not racing at Sunday night yeah. at 11 o'clock going, I didn't do my math. Yeah. Right. It's, it's that same process, but you know, again, path of least resistance. I don't want to deal with fighting with my kids. So I'm just going to yeah. jump out on that. The saying in so. my house was school is your job. Yeah. This is what's important. Yep. You get this has got to be done. You, First. you know, grades have to be good. You have to pay attention. You have to do this. Then right. we'll deal with the other stuff. Right. That's your job. I've got a job. You've got a job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think selling it like that is, you know, this is what you're going to do, and this is what you need to do because I go to work and you go to work. This is the same thing, and so we both have a part here. I mean, such a good message for people to have. People should do that more. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people do that as much as they should. Yeah. You know, in terms of like just keeping the house together. Because unfortunately, and I think we've talked about this before, unfortunately, this is a generational problem. We're generations into this. Yes. If you weren't raised like that, like that, it's hard to bring it to the table. Right. Exactly. And, 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 and when, when you have such a vast peer group of adults that are sharing the information and instead of helping each other figure it out, they commiserate and it still stays the same. I mean, I see that in parent groups or when I run a group for, you know, certain like moms or certain dads or it's it's they get together and commiserate instead of saying, okay, what do we do to fix this or change it or make it better? Kind of going back to the beginning of the hours. No, not enough shift in perspective instead of just complying into what is like raise the bar, have a higher expectation for yourself, for your kids and be able to say, all right, that's not acceptable. I don't want to be like that. What am I setting my kid up for? You know, we yeah. always talk about at the end of the show, like what's the takeaway or what can we go away with is shifting perspective today. I think trying to shift that perspective into how do I really want to have my life structured? How do I really want it to be more successful and healthier for me and for my kids yeah. and my family? And what am I doing that's not having that happen? And what am I doing that is having that happen? And finding is which one's going to be more out of balance and fixing that one. Yep. Um, but this is a good opportunity because right in front of us right now is personal responsibility right. and putting that on the kids. And again, it's age appropriate. Right. You're not, you're not asking a six-year-old to go fix the car <laughs> or go to work. Right. But they can do things. Right. Exactly. E- I mean, even if it's just let mom get her work done. Well, let mom get a workout and also, you know, six-year-olds, there are age-appropriate things for them to be doing every single day. And and I do get that scoff look from some parents like, really? You know, yes, your child should at this point know how to dress themselves and get their own bowl of cereal Mm -hmm. and know how to pour some milk and be able to put stuff in a dishwasher and be able to make their bed and be able to, you know, fold some of their clothes with some help. Like, there's certain, like, you're teaching them, but... You know, and this is what a great time right now because yep. everyone's home to just flourish in that. Even if you can't do it on your normal weekday, Monday through Friday, but on a Saturday, spend spend an extra 30 minutes with your kids saying, here's how we make beds. And this is what you're going to do. And you don't need to pay your kid to make their bed. Yep. You don't need to pay your child to feed the dog. You don't need to take them out for ice cream to, you know, reward them, you know, even yep. though people do. You know, re- and, uh, going back to the addiction thing from last week. Rewarding with food sets your kid up for food issues. Mm. Just yep. saying. Yep. You know, like everything is, oh, you did a great job. Let's go get a pizza. Oh, you did a great job. Let's have ice cream. Oh, my God. Let's have popcorn. Right. Right. And so everything that's good and good feeling is associated with food. But the expectation, setting up the expectation that you have to contribute to the greater good here. Right. That, a, that should be the reward. That's First right. of all. And yeah. without anything else. Yeah. Right. Without expectation of anything in return. Yeah. Right. In other words, if you contribute here, everything runs better. 
Right. Yeah, everybody's better off. Yes. So, Lou, we're at the end of our show today. So um, have a great week, everyone out there. um, Have a great week. Apologize to Abby, by the way. I have to apologize to Abby? Yeah. Oh, Abby. Well, it's you that had brownies at 2 o'clock in the morning. Sorry, honey. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to come back on that one. Be careful. Don't write anything nasty. (laughs) All right. Um, So everyone have a great week. Hopefully that was helpful for everyone to have a different perspective. And um, Greta, have a great day in Florida. And I hope that was helpful to you. And Lou, I'll see you next week. Next week.